Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I'm talking to Kira Feely. So Kira is a current PhD student but she also has a YouTube channel PhD Productivity where she shares her journey and she also shares her interest in maximising productivity. So kind of project management of the PhD Um, And in this conversation today, she shares um, some really useful strategies. She shares some of the reading that she's been doing around the area. And we also talk more generally about how to keep your motivation going when you are doing the PhD. So I hope that you enjoy. Kira. Hi Emma, thanks for having me on. Oh you're so welcome. I would, I came across you first on um, YouTube, on your fabulous YouTube channel <laughs> and I was like blimey, I wish I'd been more like her when I was doing my PhD because you're just the way in which you're approaching the project, the strategies you're putting in place, I was like that's brilliant and then I think I'm also really impressed with the way that you're sharing that information. It's kind of really clear really helpful Um, and so thank you so much for coming to talk here about it because I know it's going to be really useful for people. Of course Um, yeah that's the main thing I just hope I can help people as much as possible with the information so. I know you are I think it's just so generous spirited of you to to share that journey Um, and anyone who hasn't come across um, Kira's YouTube channel yet the the, uh, link will be in the show notes and I absolutely recommend it. but first of all, as I do with everyone, I'm just going to ask you a little bit if you, you wouldn't mind sharing a bit about your own PhD journey um, and then how you got into this sharing it with other people. Yeah, so um, I've kind of followed the PhD journey somewhat from bachelor's to master's straight into the PhD. So um, I did an undergrad in maths and statistics in my current university, um, which is University College Dublin, and then I did my master's there in social data analytics and then I planned after that to go into a graduate program but as I was applying I kind of started feeling like there wasn't really one that stood out to me and at the same time I felt like I wasn't finished learning and a PhD is something I always thought I would come back to do at some point and then as I was talking to some of the professors in my university they said would you not apply for a PhD now and things like that but I didn't think I had the experience for it and they pointed me to a few different programs that were actually quite suited to my background and we're looking to get people into a PhD but also with a strong industry focus so it's kind of the best of both worlds in some sense and yeah I applied for that program which is again in my same university um, because I love it there so much and <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't leave. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. And then in terms of sharing my journey, I sort of found that there was a few pretty like really helpful channels on YouTube. There really are some really helpful PhD channels, but there aren't really many who are currently doing a PhD. So I thought it might be a good time to jump in and get some kind of up to date content and I'm quite glad that I did, especially with the pandemic going on, that there, you know, there isn't really many people talking about doing a PhD from home, yes. which is something I didn't expect to be talking about when I started the channel in January. 
Um, but, you know, only a few short months later, that's where we were. Um, but yeah, I just thought it would be a good thing to do. And I know scientific communication is really important when you're doing a PhD in, in any science subject. So I kind of wanted somewhere to be able to share that. And I just thought YouTube would be a good option. Yeah, because I think that sense of actually traveling a journey with somebody so that you're, it's, yeah, like you say, con- contemporaneous, is that the word? That you're at the same yeah. time going along and that people can can kind of check in with you because it can be, even if you're working in a group, it can be quite a lonely journey. So I think that sense of of just seeing what someone else is doing, how they're um, approaching things can be really, really useful. Um so you mentioned that working from home, um, which yeah. is going to be something that lots of people are um, faced with. Um, and just are there any, well, I know there are things. So that, <laughs> can you <laughs> share with us some things around um, the challenges that you found with that? Yeah, I think, you know, there's so many, I think it's it's very different for everyone. So I'm the kind of person who, quite likes working from home and actually I was hoping to one day be in a job where I would be able to work from home I just didn't expect it to be happening against my will in some sense and I think yeah it's just that the the main challenges I think a lot of people find is sort of having on the one hand the work-life balance so there'll be some times where you end up pushing your work into the evenings or the weekends because you know your your home is now your office and you feel like it's always work time in some sense. Mm. And then there's the other side of things where there's people who really feel like they can't get anything done and they they find it really hard to stay motivated working from home or even to set any kind of, you know, goals for what they're meant to do in a certain day. They find that quite difficult when they're not in the work environment and having other people around, like that kind of accountability. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think so that- many problems, I think. I think that is one of the big challenges of the PhD, kind of going into a situation where often you are your own boss, which means that you're the best boss in the world in some ways, because it's like, <laughs> can I have the day off on Friday? Yes, you can. But also the worst boss, because you might not be, um, you might not give yourself time off or you might be not giving yourself realistic goals. Um, yeah. So that sense of motivation but also in terms of productivity, what does that mean? How do you do that? And I know that you have thought a lot about productivity. Um, so this sense of, because I think there's that dual thing as well, isn't there, of sense of with a PhD, time can seem to just spread out endlessly. You've got all these years, but you also mm. then have lots and lots of things to do that seem to be all needing yeah. to be done at once. So how have you approached that? Um, I think one of the main things like for me is that it seems like you have such a long time and sometimes as you said it does seem like there's a long time and sometimes that can be it seems like you don't really know what to be doing for that length of time so one thing that I try to focus on is setting shorter term goals Mm -hmm. so setting goals that are 12 weeks maybe in length so that's usually for me a typical kind of project cycle would be about 12 weeks Um, I know for other disciplines, obviously, it would probably be a lot longer, but there might be some aspects of the project that are maybe that kind of short term length and trying to just set goals for what you really need to get done in that time and marking little points along the way for how are you going to achieve that goal in such a short time. And I think the problem 
with the PhD being so long is people have this one goal to get the PhD done for four years and you think sure I have loads of time but then if you didn't set these shorter term goals it could mean a year from now you're looking at what you have done and you still don't really feel like you're any closer whereas if you've set you know maybe four sets of 12 week goals in that time you'll feel like you have a lot more done and typically you will have a lot more done it's just that you might not necessarily be showing yourself that you have that done and feeling like you have. I love that. I love the idea of a project cycle because yeah. as you say, a lot of people sit down at their computer in the morning to do their PhD and it's like, blimey, mm-hmm. that's huge. Whereas if yeah. you're kind of, I'm on this part of the project, this is the part that I'm doing. This is the, this is the bit, the project cycle. I just love that term. Um, absolutely. That sense of kind of, of setting goals. And I think also, isn't it? I think in an in an undergraduate degree, someone else is going to be doing that management for you. They're setting you the reading. Yeah. They're 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 setting you the deadlines, and you've got to set that for yourself. Um, so I yeah. love the way in which you approach that, and you do set yourself really clear goals. I think that's really really useful. And as I say, as you just said, that sense of achievement too that you can you can tick it off. I've done that. Brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I know that you are super smart. I know that you have got more <laughs> particular techniques too. So I think within that project cycle, um, what strategies would you recommend for people in terms of this, this productivity? Um, I think one thing mainly is setting yourself something on a given day, because a lot of people I talk to, I think you, you sort of mentioned that there where you say, what are you doing today? And they say working but they don't really have any sense of what they actually need to get done in a given day. Mm. So that's mm. one way that I kind of try to manage the the work schedule is trying to set yourself enough to do on one day that's going to be challenging and yet also will keep you interested for the day. So usually I'll set myself one main task that's that's challenging and I might have other to-dos, you know, um, maybe admin things, which I avoid a little bit, but um, <laughs> I hear one, you. Main thing, <laughs> one main thing that that will actually be difficult for me to achieve, but enough that I can get it done in the day. And that kind of helps me stay motivated during the day because I only have to do that one thing. And once that's done, I can finish up. But if you kind of set yourself, okay, I need to work today for eight hours, you could easily spend that time doing things that don't really matter too much for your PhD. And I think that's the problem a lot of people have is that they say they've been working for eight hours. But if you really look back at what you did, you can't really point to anything concrete. So I think on a, yeah, on a given day, setting something that's really measurable and achievable or like having a main task. And of course, if you don't get it done in that day, if it did end up being much, much harder than anticipated, you know, that's fine. But it's having something that you can say, once I've done this, I can finish my work and that can help you kind of be more motivated to get that done that bit quicker which I think is something people struggle with yes because there's nothing worse than that feeling at the end of the day of like I've done nothing I haven't achieved anything and and as you say then the motivation for the next day is you get up and sit yourself down in front of the computer again whereas actually I love this idea that you do it you tick it off and then you can you can do whatever else it is that you that's available and I I love the way that you you then you do have lots of other things that you're doing um yeah which which is is giving yourself a a a bigger life (laughs) life outside the PhD too um definitely 
Excellent. And I know we were talking about you're actually um, working on developing um, an app that's going to help yeah. people with this kind of this motivation focus. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So a friend of mine who's also in the same PhD program as me, um, her name is Courtney. We used to always be chatting in work about different kind of productivity books we read because we were both just quite interested in it. And anytime we were having any sort of meeting with a larger group of PhD students in our um, research group, and we'd be talking about different things, some people would share, you know, similar struggles with getting things done or productivity. And we would start mentioning things like Pomodoro and um, task blocking, different things like that, that we kind of figured were things everyone knows about because it's it's kind of the thing you look up if you're having trouble you might find come across these things but actually most people don't know about them and we only know about them because we're productivity nerds in a sense and so we started thinking that this would be probably something that a lot of people especially now are struggling with when working from home is yes. that sense of productivity and work-life balance and all of these things so we entered a competition in our university for a startup competition and we started developing Daisier, which is our startup, which is aiming to bring personalized productivity tools to people um, because it's a very personal struggle. I think lots of people will struggle with very different aspects of the workday. And the idea was that we'll be able to provide those custom tools that will be specifically helpful for you. And at the moment, we're still developing that, but we have been trying to figure out how we can provide some real benefit in the short term. So we've added a Pomodoro timer to our site, which we are still just updating a little bit to get it looking a bit more pretty and um, having it be a bit more functional than maybe some other ones out there. But essentially the Pomodoro timer is something that's very useful and actually not a lot of people have heard of it, but it's something where you set yourself a time limit that you really need to just work for the next 25 minutes. And that's a time when you shouldn't be on your phone. You shouldn't be browsing different sites. You just have to work for 25 minutes and then you get a five minute break. And you kind of repeat these cycles a few times until you get a longer break. But it's something like that, even just telling yourself, okay, it's just 25 minutes. Anyone can work for 25 minutes. But I think trying to set yourself, you know, an eight hour goal is a lot more difficult. And I think if you don't use something like this, you'll notice that you actually do spend a lot more time on your phone or going onto other sites than you should or than you would if you had this sort of strict timer in place absolutely so that's one I mean, thing yeah I totally found that a game changer because I, as I sit down it's those things come into your mind isn't it it's like oh I must look yeah. at that or I must do that and so now I just have a little pad I write it down on the sides and I've got my break I can go and do those things I'm gonna come back <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a great idea, especially in research. I think sometimes you might be reading something and then it it triggers something in your mind yes. to say, oh, it'd be cool to look into this. But it's like you have this thing you're doing now, which is reading this paper. So mark it down somewhere else and you can come back to it another time. Exactly. It's not always, you know, it's not always going to look up cats on Facebook. It, it, it is it is sometimes <laughs> like, oh, yes, I must look at that reference. But as you say, once you're then in the Google rabbit hole, you, you've, you've gone, you've left that thing behind. So that thing of focusing for the 25 minutes um, is is really, really helpful. Um Definitely. Pomodoro, isn't it? Just to, the, it was the, it's because of the tomato that the, is it, that's right, isn't yeah. it? That, um, he started I with the tomato timer. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to remember the name of the person. I think it was, 
the first person who came up with the kind of method because they had yeah a little alarm clock the the, the shape of a tomato um is Frances- francesco cirillo apparently in the 1980s came up with it um go. but he yeah a great person because it's been very helpful for a lot of people yeah. Yeah, i think yeah. So we've got the the Pomodoro timer, which is awesome. And I I just want to pick up on a couple of other things that you mentioned there, which are golden in terms of, um, because I want to pick your brains, you said about task blocking. So if you could tell us a bit about that, that would be brilliant. And also the productivity books that you're reading, because I know people will want to know, I want to know (laughs) what it is you're reading, where you're getting information Um, from. My top few, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I suppose firstly, the the task it's I suppose task blocking or time blocking some people might hear it differently but it's it's basically the idea that you instead of having different things spread around the day that are similar tasks you try and organize them all together so if you've got to send emails as part of your workday which most people do setting aside maybe half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the afternoon or however long you might need to do those emails rather than just replying to them on demand now, this definitely depends job to job, but I think in a PhD, typically your emails can wait a little while mm. um, most of the time. So organizing to have t- those kind of blocks where you work on emails and then the rest of the time you are focused on other things because we like to think we're great at multitasking, but unfortunately our brains aren't very good at that. And I, I remember reading something about it that there's something called attention residue where when you switch to another task, you'll always have part of your brain still working on that other task in the background. Yes. So it's important. So task putting your tasks together into similar groups can really help. So maybe having your admin at one point of the day and then having a couple hours to work solidly on part of your project or thesis writing or reading papers rather than trying to spread these out. And the same thing goes when you're checking your phone, making sure that you probably schedule that into your time instead of doing it every 20 minutes and interrupting your kind of flow when you're working. So Mm. time blocking like that is a good way to organize your schedule in a given day so that you can have more of a structure. So trying to have a couple hours of work, focused work together in the one day can really help to get a lot more done in that time than you would have if you'd spread those three hours maybe into separate one hour windows throughout the day kind of randomly. It's brilliant. And I know that you you give really brilliant examples too, and you could kind of show us how that works, which is just awesome. Because I think sometimes people can feel a bit intimidated, like, oh, how am I going to divide up my time? But actually, yeah, definitely. Can, it, you can see how how clear and um yeah, productive, productive your day can be because you're getting through the getting through the things. Um yeah. And so where are you getting this information from? What books are you reading? <laughs> Yes. So I have a top five. Um, awesome. I, I don't know if I'll be able to remember all the author names um, correctly, but um, Deep Work was one of the first books I read when I started my PhD. And it definitely just changed the way I viewed work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically just talks about the difference between deep work, which is work where you really have to focus hard and you're trying to either create new knowledge or learn something quite difficult. So that would be sort of the main things we do as part of our PhD work, either when you're writing up your thesis or struggling really hard to figure out the solution thing. That's sort of your deep work. And then you've got shallow work, which is all the other things like sending emails and things like that. And the problem with people nowadays is we're constantly switching between these two things and it actually means it's very difficult to get that focused work done. 
So that book is really good for just sort of changing your perspective on the workday and how you can really organize your workday. So I think in there you'll find a good bit of information about time blocking as well or things like that to kind of show you how, how is the best way to try and organize your day. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so yeah, that book is great. And then the 80-20 rule is also a good one. Um, that one is just, even if you just, I suppose, learn a little bit about the 80-20 rule, I don't know if the whole book is necessary, but it's just interesting to see how it applies to other parts of life. So the idea of the 80-20 rule is that 80% of the output comes from 20% of the input. So I think most people would have heard it as uh, 20% of the population control 80% of the wealth right? and that kind of idea. Right. So it's the it's a similar thing for when you work. There's there's going to be a small number of really important things that lead to most of your output, and it's about trying mind- to identify those things. Yeah, it is quite a mind blowing statistic, isn't it? Twenty percent, yeah, it's eighty percent, yeah. So it's it's they they have lots of examples in the book about different different ways it kind of crops up every now and again. Um, but yeah, it's the same idea with your work is that there'll be a small proportion of things that are actually the most important things. And mm. if you can identify those and try and cut out some of the other things that don't give you as much output, then you can have more time to work on the things that actually are important. Mm. And they say the same thing goes with like your happiness and lots of other aspects, your relationships and things like that. So it's quite an interesting um, book, an interesting idea. Mm. Mm. Well, those are two brilliant, yeah. brilliant references. Um, so, and I just want to come back to the the Daisia app. So, because you said you were developing it, you've you've got the yeah. Pomodoro timer going up on it, and so it's just kind of keeping keeping an eye on that site. Again, we can put the link into that um, because the idea yeah. of having an app that would help and it's personalized, yeah, so amazing. Yeah, that's one thing we're thinking for the moment. What we're trying to develop is is personalized planner templates to try and help people organizing their day. And we can try and customize those depending on people's specific problems. So that's something we would be able to generate, I suppose, more in the short term, because while it would take whatever number of hours maybe to make the custom one it still wouldn't take as long as it's going to take probably to get Daisy or fully up and running so that's something we're hoping to start launching in the next couple of weeks so if anyone wants to keep an eye on the site there is the link to sign up to our email list if you want to get involved or send us an email if you're if you're looking for those custom templates or anything like that I definitely do I love a planner and (laughs) I am definitely signing up (laughs) um so, Kira, we, we are coming to a, a close now. Thank you so much for all this information. I, I always ask, because there, there is so much more that um, I could ask you around <laughs> these issues of productivity, which, as you say, are so, is so key to um, the PhD journey, really. But mm. I always ask people an impossible question at the end in terms of, of a top tip. So do you have... A top tip for people. Um, top tip. I would say if you can even make productivity a, a habit or a goal for yourself that you want to learn more about, I think that's the way you'll always be able to improve. That's something I think that's been the reason that I've been successful with it is because I'm interested in trying to improve it at, at any way. So I think that would probably be my top tip to try and 
make productivity a hobby. <laughs> no, I think I think that that is really golden in terms of kind of having a sort of meta perspective on the on the projects. And I, I love the way that you, as you say, you've got this idea of products uh, project cycles of the of the strategy around the day that actually it is a it's a project that you're managing and I, I think that that is brilliant really brilliant um Kira thank you so much um no, I'm sure you, you are you're about to go off now on a very productive day <laughs> I wish I you were so. <laughs> thank you so much and um thank you all for listening and I will speak to you next time <laughs>